Welcome to LOA Today. Wolf Thiessen and Life Coach Patty Framo here. Today is Monday, August the 20th, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, your second daily dose of happy for this beautiful Monday. And I have to say it is a beautiful day, uh, Patty. I, I was uh, noticing the fact that over the weekend, we lost a lot of the humidity we've been experiencing in this uh, area of the country. So that today, temps were in the mid-70s. I got out for a walk. It was really nice. And the, the, the humidity Such a relief, was huh? Oh, so nice. So comfortable. I mean, and I needed it, too. It was a good day for it. But Boy, it's, it's, Isn't it's, it funny how much you appreciate something? And like when you're sick and then you get well, <laughs> you're like, oh my God, I feel so good. Oh, yeah. And when yeah. it's super humid and then it's not, it's like, oh, huge breath of fresh air. Well, we had an experience like that uh, just uh, yesterday, actually. Uh, we have two cats. I don't know if I've told you about our cats. We have two black cats, Harmony mm. and Joy. And Joy Aww, is. Oh, <laughs> great names. I love that. Yeah, how about that? Well, you, even more, uh, Joy is a male, it turns out. Um, oh. we, we we thought he was a female, but uh, then we went to get him fixed, and he was already fixed. And oh, by the way, he's a male. <laughs> so, oh my God, that's funny. <laughs> but uh, Joy is completely an outdoor cat. He loves being outdoors. He has not slept in the house for like the last two and a half months. That's how wow. much he loves being out in the summertime. And every morning, it's usually the same thing. You know, he shows up at the door, meow, meow, meow. I'm hungry, hungry, hungry. Feed me, feed me. And toward the end of the night, just before uh, he's ready to go off and do his roaming, meow, 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 all that kind of thing. Well, <laughs> yesterday morning, we got up. No meow, meow, meow. No sign of him anywhere. Oh. Took a walk around the building. No sign of him. Called his name. No sign of him. Looked up the trees where he climbs. No sign of him. Uh-oh. And this is not a good thing. And no. Louise and I were like both getting kind of worried about it and, you know, trying to stay positive, but it was yeah. a little bit dicey. And then a couple hours later, I went out one more time to try to look for him. And he just crawled out from behind one of the bushes where he'd been asleep, just yawning, <laughs> just as relaxed as wow. could be. <laughs> he was fine. We were the ones who were freaking out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually had my cat do something. I have a cat. Actually, she passed away just this year. She was 20. Wow. Great cat. What yeah. a cool cat. But, but it was kind of time. But she, I had one of those similar experiences once where she normally would come out. She was an indoor cat, but she'd normally come out in you know the morning and kind of hang out with us and stuff like that and she one morning for some reason i just could not find her <laughs> they're good and at I that called her, but of course they don't come when you call no them. no no of course not <laughs> so i was calling for her and i ended up getting into this complete and utter panic and like thinking maybe she got out last night somehow and i went all over the neighborhood i was going nuts and it was like an hour later she just walked out she was in my closet under my clothes, <laughs> hiding back in the corner. Hell yeah. And I, I was so relieved, but it's crazy how cats kind of, they do their own thing. Well, Very the, independent. The office, uh, which I use, or the second bedroom, which I use as my office for doing the podcast, among other things, has a closet, of course. And that closet door is usually closed. Um, it has mainly, it isn't really used as a no, closed closet. It's more like storage. But um, one day, one of our cats, Harmony, got in there. I didn't realize that she was in there. I closed the door and locked her in. And oh. then, then all of a sudden, you know, like a few hours later, where's Harmony? I'm looking all over the house, can't find her anywhere. And then it occurred to me, she climbed into that closet. And I'd been sitting in the room next to that closet door. I mean, the closet door is like about four feet away from me. I can practically reach it if I, you know, lean over. And she mm -hmm. had made a sound. Now, this is a cat who will practically scream if you don't give her the attention that she wants. But she was stuck behind wow. the door and she didn't make a noise. And well, apparently she was, she was nice and comfy back there. Well, apparently she took a nap, yeah. But uh, when I opened the door, she looked at me like, meow, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> Cat 
cats have such interesting personalities. They do. Oh, they yes. Do. Yeah, especially they these do. two. We, we got them as uh, rescues. And it's, well, not officially rescues. We rescued them. They were abandoned Aww. by the neighbors across the street. Uh, we learned after the fact that uh, the neighbors had been evicted from their home and they had left four cats behind, not two, but four cats. And I've told this story before, so a number of our listeners have heard this one before. But, uh, yeah, four cats. And uh, we ended up taking four cats in for a while in a uh, home where we were renting the home and the lease said no pets. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) So that was kind of interesting for a while. And then um, that was before we moved from Virginia to Connecticut. And when we came up here, the place we got allowed us to have two cats, which meant two had to go, which was not a happy scene at all. But um, the good news, the long story short, is that the other two... They did go to a shelter, but we ended up getting them adopted out. One we found a home for, and the other one somebody came in and adopted her. So, oh it good, all, it all worked out very nicely. But um, yeah, when we got these two, who we have right now, um, one of them, Joy, was the one who found us. He kind of came wandering over looking for you know whatever he could get for a handout. Harmony mm-hmm. was uh, kind of left behind. Harmony has a deformed front paw, so she mm-hmm. can't stand normally like a cat will normally stand. Like she's bow legged. The way she Aww. stands, because of the way her her, her deformed paw uh, makes her stand, and she can't walk or run as easily and as loosely as a cat normally would. She can run, but it's just not. It's very ungainly, if you know what I mean. Yeah, oh, poor thing. <laughs> and so, because Aww. of that, and they were on their own for about a month, so they had to feed themselves, and she got the short end of the stick. So she was probably about two and a half pounds when we got her. Wow. She was really wow. thin as a rake. Today, you wouldn't know it. She is a chunky monkey. But... <laughs> wow. Well, and see, she she put out something to the vortex and found her happy She home, sure huh? did, yes. And, and from what Abraham tells us, animals are very, very good at receiving. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> apparently, absolutely. apparently that part worked out really well for them. Yep. And for and us, too. We love place. them. We love having absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I had... Um, before the podcast, we were talking a little bit about being overwhelmed mm, to totally, right. totally shift topics. Just slightly. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's not completely. I mean, we had four cats. If you don't, if, if that isn't overwhelmed, I don't know what is because exactly. I was the one who was at home. Louise was off at a job. I would be at home dealing with four cats all day long while I was trying to work my at-home job. And that that's an interesting thing with four cats constantly demanding attention. Not only that, yeah. two of them get, did not get along with the other two. So you're constantly having to keep them in separate places in the house. It's very it's interesting. Like, yeah, like kids kind of fighting. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, sorry. Well, there, so there is a the, connection, really. Oh, no worries. Yeah, there's a, there's a slight one if we really reach for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I was just thinking about the whole topic of overwhelm because, I mean, as, as we have it, I'm a little overwhelmed these days. Mm. And... Um, you know, I think that's not uncommon. I mean, I definitely am one of those ADD types, you know, entrepreneur ADD uh, types Yeah. where I get bored easily and I'm always reaching for that next fun thing to do. Mm. So as soon as I kind of start in on one direction, I'm like, oh, but that looks like fun and that looks like fun and that looks like fun. And I just start <laughs> adding and adding and adding and adding to my to my list of the things that I want to do and then ultimately have to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, when I first decided to go back to coaching again, I'd done it years ago. And then uh, when I went through my um, divorce, decided to go back and work full time and get benefits. I still had it. One of my daughters was still at home and all that. And I thought, okay, this is the logical thing to do. So I uh, have a social work background. So I went back and and became a a social worker. But um, 
after a little while, I mean, even though I really do love doing that, there's always that part of me that was wanting to do the coaching again and mm -hmm. reaching for it. And, and also I have to say, I, I feel a real pull to that entrepreneur world mm -hmm. where you can do 20,000 things. <laughs> not necessarily in a healthy way, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes it's healthy and sometimes it's not. That's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I started initially by saying, oh, I'll just do some individual coaching sessions and I can kind of let that wean into a retirement plan where I can wean out of my uh, hospice social work job at the hospital and wean into doing full-time coaching. And um, of course, once I started doing that, then I get excited about some other things. I, that's where, I mean, talk about law of attraction. That's when that whole, did I tell you before? I don't know if I mentioned before how the whole meetup thing started for me. I don't think you did. No, tell, tell the story. Yeah. I don't know if I did. I am, um, you know, I've been a law of attraction person for, oh gosh, 10 or 12 years and listen to it every single day. And it's completely my, my happy addiction. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I was, um, you know, wanting to do the, doing some coaching sessions, beginning to gather some individual coaching clients, but really wanted to do, I love doing things in a group setting. And there's something about that co-creation that is just really fun and exciting and thought it would be really fun to do a law of attraction meetup. And I kind of just, I had gone to this meetup. It's a law of attraction meetup in San Diego County. It used to be called um, North County Abraham Hicks meetup. But um, I actually, once I took it over, I got a letter from Esther's daughter, Tracy, who's their CEO, saying, you can't use our name. I don't even know how she found out about it. I was like, all right. So I ended up <laughs> switching it to North County Law of Attraction. Mm, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, but anyway, so once I took it over, oh, well, actually, I hadn't taken it over. I just kind of put out there to the universe, gosh, this would be a really cool thing to do. Mm -hmm. Years ago, I'd gone to this meetup. And, um, one time, and for some reason it just didn't resonate with me that whoever was running it at the time, I just, I just, it just didn't feel right to me somehow. And I remember having the thought, oh my God, I would love to run this meetup. So that would really be a cool thing. Hmm. And when I started doing the coaching, I kind of put out there, boy, I'd love to do some sort of law of attraction meetup. And it was seriously like that week that I get this email. It's just so crazy how this stuff happens. Oh, yeah. I get this, <laughs> I get this email saying, you know, this meetup is going to close down, the one that I'd gone to, if someone doesn't take it over. And I was like, all right. So on a whim, I just took the meetup over. I figured, well, you know, it's only like costing me 15 bucks a month. I can do that. And we'll just mm -hmm. kind of figure it out as I go. Right. And so I started running that and I'm really loving it. I mean, it's talk about law of attraction. It's like, I was so excited about it and got so lined up with it that it's like full with 25 people in a waiting list every single month. Wow. That's great. And, that's really yeah. good. That's not easy to do with a meetup. So that's really good that you have a group that active. Well, it was just freaky. It just like, it literally fell into my lap. It literally just happened. And I don't even think I really did much for it. <laughs> Which I love. It's the That's best way to cool. do it, right? Mm -hmm. And so that meetup's been really fun. I'm doing it once a month. But then I started thinking, gosh, you know, I'd really, some of the people in the meetup had said, what have you thought about doing a, a group that's, you know, maybe a weekly group? Mm -hmm. So then I started thinking, in the past, I used to run groups um, for women in transition and women transitioning through divorce and business owners and things like that. And that I really do love the group, group piece of things. So I started this, um, I decided to start this eight week coaching group that was going to be in person. I haven't actually started it yet, but I'm, it's in the planning phases. 
Well, you know, then that kind of led to thinking, well, what kind of group do I want? And so then I thought, well, it'd be really cool to do a beginner group, an advanced group. Because, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, Walt, but when you first learned about law of attraction, wasn't it kind of like this foreign language? Yeah. Well, not only was it a foreign language, it was a foreign way of thinking. I mean, I, w I would hear the basic ideas. and I, I you know it's not hard to understand, ask, believe and receive. But trying to kind of fit that together into my frame of reference and, you know, how does this actually work in real life and all that kind of stuff. That's where I didn't have a whole lot of answers. Yeah, it's true. That and also just I found that even just interpreting like, what is the vortex and what does she mean? <laughs> I heard vortex for years. I said, I had no idea what a vortex was, but it sounded like something I didn't want. That's what I really thought. <laughs> really? What yeah, were you thinking it, it was? It sounded like you crazy. Get sucked into this vortex like a tornado? Yeah, something like stuck. that. Yeah, it didn't. I mean, the joke I used to make is uh, I, I wouldn't want to attract an ocean liner because you could get run over really quickly in that vortex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see that. I could see that that could you could have no, negative kind of. Yeah, you don't know what's going to come out of that. So, I mean, once you understand it in full, then oh, okay, I kind of get it now. But yeah, first, okay, so that, and fl I mean, high flying disc that that was the one that they don't use that one so much anymore. But a high right. flying disc, I said, what the flip is that? Yeah. <laughs> what's a high flying and then, disc? And is then that also a frisbee the or something? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. So, what is your interpretation of the vortex? I'm in the middle of my story, but I'll go back to it. <laughs> What, what, is your, uh, what is your interpretation of the vortex? I'm curious if we have similar interpretations of these terms. Well, I, actually, my interpretation of it got uh, modified when I went to my first Abraham workshop this past April. Um, Louise and I ah. went together to one here in Connecticut. And whenever Esther would talk about the vortex, she would swirl her right hand toward the right-hand side. I said, oh, well, that's what a vortex is. It's the thing to the right of Esther Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> it's this little air circle. It's here. a little air circle, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I still don't have a really clear idea of what it is. I mean, I know, I, I think of it in terms of an energy uh, field or, or um, not a field, but like a, a, a tornado, like a, yeah. you know, a swirling thing that, that, yeah, is, that yeah. is just pure energy. And I, I get the idea that in this vortex, um, the, since energy is the ultimate building block for all matter, what's essentially happening in this hypothetical vortex is that matter is being created based on whatever thought we put into it. Beyond that, I don't have a clear picture. Okay. Interesting. Because my interpretation is similar, but a little different. Okay. Um, I interpret it as the vortex is... Um, sort of an energetic holding place. Okay. It is, it is spinning because I, it sounds like everything is spinning and everything is energy and everything is moving yeah. all the time. Including the my head sometimes when I'm trying to understand this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I, I, I envision it as um, when we have something that we want, according to Abraham, it happens immediately. Like ask and it is given, right? So as soon as we put out and oftentimes that's through contrast. So there's something that happens, like, let's say we're overwhelmed and we don't want to be overwhelmed. And so what that means is we want to be relaxed and we want to be clear and we want to be calm um, and peaceful. And so that's sort of a general example. But in my opinion, that at that point gets put into the vortex, like this calm, peaceful feeling. Or let's say it's even something specific, like let's say you want to attract a relationship. And so supposedly then that relationship or that guy or for you, that woman who's now your wife gets put into the vortex. And the vortex is almost like this holding place of vibrational escrow is how she describes mm -hmm. it. So 
it's like this account, this bank account of all your stuff that you've put into this vortex that you want. And that gets really yeah. scary for me because I used to work in a bank. And of course, when I'm thinking about a bank in the vortex, what I'm thinking of is that big metal vault flying around in that vortex. And I'm thinking, I want out of here. If that thing hits me, <laughs> I am dead. <laughs> well, the good news, it's supposedly it's just energetic, right? Oh, good, good. <laughs> so, so it's happened vibrationally, right? And there right. this thing is, all this. And according to Abraham, I mean, this is like lifetimes of stuff that we've put in. So I'm guessing this sort of follows us from lifetime to lifetime. It's got to be really crowded, too. Well, you'd think. I mean, but if it's vibrational, maybe well, it doesn't really matter. Maybe, maybe it's vibrationally crowded. I'm not even sure what yeah. that means. Yeah. but. <laughs> Exactly. So, I mean, let's say here's all this stuff that I've put into my vortex and it's all sitting there waiting for me to line up with it. So when I say line up with it, I mean, become uh, energetically can, um, aligned with that thing like, that I, that I want. Like a tuning fork. Kind of. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, one way they I've heard her or them and uh, explain it is that in order for us to line up with something or be aligned with something in our vortex, that means that it's kind of like a radio dial. You know, mm -hmm. they say you're tuned to 94.1, but right. 98.6 is still happening. You're just not hearing it or experiencing it because you're not tuned up to that. Right. Your radio dial isn't. So the other way I think of that is, you know, when I'm like, for example, if for a relationship, if I'm having doubts about it or if there's any resistance about it or I have any fears or whatever, that's making me not be lined up with that. And in order for me to get lined up with it, it means I have to be in this real, not only do I have to be kind of in a positive high vibration in order for me to line up with it, but also I've got to have that belief. The belief has to be stronger than my doubt in order for that to come out of the vortex. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you did as nice a job with it as anyone could have. From my perspective, I, I got to know the lingo. I got, to, I, I got to sling the lingo well enough that people could understand me and I could understand them. But the only way I really came to understand it, to really understand it in a way that made sense to me was I would translate all the words. So vibration, I translated to feeling good. And mm -hmm. the vortex, I translated to my emotional state. And, you know, I just went through and, and did all that kind of thing. And, and as I twisted it into something that made more sense along those lines, what I came up with was all I have to do is get into my best feeling state and good things start coming to me. And when I said right. to myself that way, it's like, well, shoot, that's so much easier. What's why, why mess around with all this vortex crap? <laughs> Just keep it yeah. simple. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's like, there's actually this one um, thing I saw on YouTube about Abraham and it was, it's just called get happy. Mm. And it is the key. Oh my gosh. It's so cute. It's really funny too. It's the first time I've ever heard um, Esther swear or Abraham swear, <laughs> but it was, re it's really cute. See, now everybody so who's want... listening is going to stop listening to our podcast and go off and, and do they're a gonna search. Go and Google find... it, get happy. <laughs> Abraham Hicks, get happy. Exactly. It's really cute. It's this little clip, but she basically says like that. Exactly what you're saying. Bottom line is get happy. Mm -hmm. Like the rest of it, it doesn't really matter. If you're happy, it happens. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the challenges that a lot of us experience is how do you get happy or how do you stay happy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's one thing Especially, to say you're going to do it. It's another thing to do it. Right. That's really true. So, all right. So I'll go back to my story. Okay. So, <laughs> so um, then By I the way, this, this is the way it normally goes on this podcast. I don't know if you figured that out now that you're in your third uh, week, but this uh, is the way it always <laughs> goes on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the circuitous route of here Absolutely. to there. All over the circuitous place, yeah. is actually generous, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Go up on tangents. Oh, definitely. Yes. <laughs> it's much more interesting that way. Anyway. Absolutely. 
tangential thinking. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyhow, so then I thought, you know, God, it would be good to do this group and then I can do a beginner group and an advanced group. And then I thought, well, it'd be really cool to do one in person with the people in my meetup and other people who I know who are interested. But then I thought, wow, it would be really cool to do an online one that could include anyone all over the country. So mm-hmm. I could do like a Zoom group or something like that. And then I thought, wow, that would be so cool to then do like a Facebook group for the people that are in that group so they can connect with each other and there can be that mm-hmm. relationship development and ask questions and blah, blah, blah. So I started going down there. Then I started thinking, okay, well, how am I going to advertise it? And I went into saying, okay, I'm going to develop a quiz that will lead people into this. And do I want to put it on Facebook? And then I need a website. And it went down. I like down the rabbit hole I went. (laughs) Because you're like, seriously, how am I going to do all this? Right. And I couldn't. I kept thinking the last, you know, month or so, I've been so overwhelmed. And I was like, why am I so overwhelmed? Why am I feeling anxious and overwhelmed? So I did this little exercise where I took a bulletin board and I put on a post-it note each of the things by category that I want to work on, all these different projects and the pieces underneath the projects and then all the personal stuff that I wanted to do. And I have this bulletin board full of post-its and it made it really obvious why I was overwhelmed because I was trying to keep all this stuff in my head. Mm. So, you know, my goal is to scale back and give myself more downtime and alone time, try not to fill every little gap of time that there is. You know, I was just imagining and, your board there. I mean, there's nothing like <laughs> there's nothing like a visual map to show you just how messed up your own thinking is. And, it's and true. You know what I mean? It, I mean, it's, you, you try to plan as well as you can. You try to cover all the contingencies and then you write it all out and you say, what on earth was I thinking? <laughs> Yes. It's like, of course I'm overwhelmed. Who wouldn't be overwhelmed? And no wonder my brain is so packed with all this stuff and why Mm -hmm. I'm waking up in the middle of the night thinking I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. Uh, So that was kind of a cool exercise. What's nice about that too, is then I can actually pull a post-it note off of there and say, I'm just focusing on this today and Ah. turn the board the other way around. Okay. Kind of helps me to do a little bit of partializing. And then I'm like thinking in my head, okay, everything else on that board, I'm handing off to the universe today. Nice. That, that's a good place to be to do that. I can't say I've always succeeded at that. On the on the occasions where I have succeeded at allowing myself to do just that, it works out. But it's not easy to get there necessarily. So congratulations on doing that. Well, whether or not it actually works 100%, I can't promise you. But I got to say, it just kind of... Whew, well, yeah, well, yeah, you took the first step. You took the step of, I'm going to relax on this thing. That, that's it. I mean... It almost doesn't matter what what manifests out of it. What matters is you cut yourself some slack. That's a really big and thing. Myself, and raise my vibration. And at the same time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So it helps, I find, you know, I mean, especially with an active brain like mine, it really helps to kind of focus on just those few things. And I used to do it based on logic and practical <laughs> practicalities. Oh, I what's the most important, <laughs> biggest thing I got to do? And of course, you know, you start doing the biggest, most important thing. And you're overwhelmed and down that rabbit hole again because it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, my practice lately has been like, pick the thing that's the most fun, the easiest. Right. And start with that. And don't you find when you do that, you kind of get this momentum going and it almost doesn't matter where you start. True. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, Just going at it in the easiest possible way, first of all, keeps you going. Because mm-hmm. you're not facing that overwhelmment that you were talking about. 
that but, fancy uh, word of Abraham's. Yeah, the, the, the one we talked about that doesn't actually exist, except it does now because <laughs> Abraham uses it. Right. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I love that. Well, you know, yeah. when you're that big as they are, you know, all you have to do is utter a new word and it becomes part of the dictionary. It's, it's that right. simple. <laughs> you can make up words. Exactly. <laughs> but, and, you know, it's always amazing to me because of Esther being so... Or Abraham, I don't know who's thinking up the words, but somebody's super articulate and they just get to this point where I guess they need extra words. So they kind of throw in things like overwhelming every now and then. I, I, I think the way I think about it is because Esther is the one who's translating all these thought blocks that Abraham is sending. She has to do it within her own frame of reference. This is the only mm -hmm. way she can do it. I mean, that's, you know, that's the English that she knows. That's the understanding of the world that she knows. So she has to interpret it from that perspective. And I think exactly. what happens is she gets to a point sometimes where she can she she can feel the flavor of what the thought is, but it doesn't really match any of her words. So she comes up with the closest sounding word she can think of, and it just doesn't happen to exist before now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's where exactly. I mean, you, she understands overwhelm. She couldn't think of of what the state of overwhelm is, so she just called it overwhelmment. Yep. And it's interesting how they also talk about how words don't teach. Yes, Life right. Really, so it almost doesn't matter what words we use. True. Yeah. As long as it makes sense to us. Which is pretty crazy because they're also saying to us, um, we'll be happy to answer all of your questions at the workshop just as long as you understand the answer is always the same. Mm -hmm. So exactly. words don't teach, but we're going to give you the same answer anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. And we keep asking it too. That's right. <laughs> over and over and over. It's crazy. We are consistent. That is good. <laughs> Consistency is good. <laughs> So I just found that, you know, even just even just taking that stuff and putting it aside and just focusing on anything, even one any one thing, it almost doesn't matter what I'm going to start with. Mm -hmm. So that easiest, funnest thing seems to be the thing that's most helpful to me to start with that one piece that's fun. And I think what happens when you when you do a an easy thing is because it has in Abraham terms or Abrahamic terms, that's my word. I created Abrahamic in Abrahamic terms. Uh, it has a vibration <laughs> and that vibration has a feeling associated with it. So when you do this really easy thing, the, the feeling is, well, it's easy. And the vibration is high because, well, it's easy. <laughs> so you've given exactly. yourself, you, 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 you put yourself on the first step in the direction of what Abraham says you want to do if you want to manifest what it is you really want to manifest rather than mm -hmm. the lack end. That, oh, that was the other concept that made a big difference for me, in especially in terms of understanding this vortex doohickey. Mm -hmm. the, the, the two-ended stick, the thing at one end, the lack of the thing at the other end. When, when I when I first got exposed to that concept, there was only a few years ago that I first learned that one. And when I first got exposed to it, I just sat with it for a while. And all of a sudden, I could just see pieces fitting together that weren't fitting together. So interesting, isn't it? Because before so that, my, my understanding was, well, the universe doesn't understand the word no. And on the surface, that sounds like a reasonable explanation. But when you go down the rabbit hole, to use your phrase... Mm -hmm. It turns out that even that explanation lacks, <laughs> to, to, yeah. for lack of a better word, lack. Um, it lacks. Mm -hmm. it, it, just, it, it doesn't hold together nicely. And you, you can get to the point where you're, you're doing so many double negatives and triple negatives trying to make sense out of all this stuff that I know, you get crazy. lost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but hearing so about how does lack. The, what does the stick thing mean to you? How does that work for you? Well, once I understood yeah. that it was about lack. Now I could take this whole thing about, well, no, uh, you know, the universe doesn't understand. No, I could take that out of the equation entirely because it didn't have anything to do with the words anymore. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I know that kind of flies in the face of the way most people understand law of attraction. Um, there are many people who will tell you, your words are very important. I mean, many of my co-hosts will tell me, your words are very important. And, and I get where they're coming from. But I also realize that the word is only a representation of the feeling behind it and the exactly. behind it. So to the extent that there's an association between the word and the feeling, okay, yeah, then the word is very important. But only to that extent. So I can say uh, car or no car. And if in both cases... I don't feel like there's a car anywhere nearby that's mine. It's still lacking a car. doesn't matter which way I say it. And so now no doesn't become important anymore. It's just the energy going to that topic and feeling. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and I think you're right because, I mean, the bottom line is Abraham hears or the universe hears what you mean, not what you say. Right. So it almost doesn't matter what words we use in a way. Not really, no. I mean, it matters to us. I think that's really where um, the, mm-hmm. the whole word importance thing comes into play. Because words matter to us because they mean certain things to us. So That creates that sense, a feeling. That creates yeah. a feeling. And now all of a sudden, the whole word thing matters, makes sense. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's true. Interesting. So... The next step on what I was thinking about with this whole thing of scaling down and focusing in on... Um, on what I want and what the fun piece is, is, um, you know, I was listening to this Abraham earlier today and they were talking about uh, focusing in on the few things that I'm really enjoying and getting clear on what I want with those things. But really when I'm feeling in that bad place, the first step is to really go general. Mm. And it's so funny how when I'm in that overwhelmed or negative place it's so hard to remember this stuff and since we're defining terms and this particular term going general was one of those terms that threw me for a loop what does going general mean to you well for me it means going from like for example it's impossible they say for to go from something specifically negative to specifically positive like for example um and going general helps bridge that energy from the specific negative to the general, which eases things to the positive. So what I mean by that is um, let's say with this whole uh, business thing. Okay. So I, here I have like 50 million post-its on this board and I'm completely overwhelmed. And all I'm thinking about is all these specific things that I've got to do. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got to do this. And I got to do this. Mm -hmm. And this, and and it's going round and round and round in my brain. So For me to go general, I try and think of a general term that resonates with me, that I truly mean and believe, that makes me feel a little bit soothed. For example, uh, I'll figure it out as I go. Hmm. Or when the time is right, I'll know what to do. Um. It helps me to go from that stuck, like those are true statements. Mm-hmm. They're very general about the topic I'm talking about because I'm, I'm overwhelmed about, oh my God, how am I going to figure all this out? How am I going to know what to do? What do I do first? How am I going to do all this? How, how do I find the time? So for me to just say, I'll figure it out as I go is something that I do believe because I do know that ultimately when I've been here before in this place, I do figure it out as I go. And somehow it always kind of works out. And things are always working out for me. Mm-hmm. That's another general phrase. And when the time is right, I'll know what to do. It's because I know I've, yeah. And when, I fe- when I've had experiences in my past where I was able to go into that more general place, 
it was, it helped to sort of soothe me. It kind of, whew, it kind of takes the wind out of my overwhelmment and that crazy racing brain and helps me go, okay, I do know this. These are things that I do know. I will figure this out. When the time is right, I will know what to do. And uh, things do kind of always work That's out an interesting that's, way that you describe that there because I agree with you. That's exactly what going general means to me as well. When I first heard the phrase going general, what, well, it didn't mean anything to me, actually. I, I hadn't um, put it in juxtaposition with specific, so I hadn't said general as opposed to specific. Then when I heard the idea of general as opposed to specific, then I took it a next step beyond that. It wasn't just that I was no longer being specific, no longer insisting on it work out in just this particular way. But more than that, like you said, I was letting go of it. And that's mm -hmm. what general, that's what going general really means to me. It means letting go. It doesn't actually mean so much non-specificity, although that's certainly, you know, a part of it, but on the larger scale, it's just letting go. It's just like, I can't do this. So, you know, universe, you're going to have to do it for me because I have no freaking idea how to do this. <laughs> right. It's true. It's true. And that's a really good way of looking at it too. I think that there's something for me in addition to that general piece or in addition to that letting go piece is coming up with a statement in, even if it's just in my head that I do believe, but that soothes me because mm -hmm. right now, right then I'm kind of in freak out mode. Mm -hmm. And one of the real things I love most about Abraham is always that gearing towards soothing. I find that so many other motivational speakers and leaders and things um, tend to be very hard hitting. Yes. Oh, I agree. Kind of like pull yourself up by your bootstraps, get going <laughs> on this, be more motivated. It's from the pushing from behind aspect. Or there's also the, uh, there, there's the think and grow rich, the Napoleon Hill approach where he doesn't really do that kind of uh, aggressive in your face kind of thing. But his explanation is to use modern terminology. It's a little woo woo and airy fairy. He doesn't actually explain much. He, I mean, his most direct explanation is the reader will understand what this is if the, if the reader is truly ready for it, which doesn't help you at all if you're trying to understand what the concept is. <laughs> right. I mean, I agree with the concepts, but it's interesting because, you know, that's where Jerry started. I don't know if you're, you yeah. probably knew that. that's what he started with was he was leading Think and Grow Rich seminars. That's right. Yeah. And I guess evolved into once Abraham started weighing in on things there were, he was like, wow, like, and, I mean, initially, the, I just love that story on, I think it was in the Law of Attraction CDs, mm -hmm. um, the, the initial ones where they were describing how, um, you know, when Esther start, first started receiving uh, Abraham mm -hmm. and what that was like for her and how Jerry would like wake her up even in the middle of the night. Yes. <laughs> constantly with questions like, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? Because he was just so wanting to know like you were saying with with um with think and grow rich it started this whole opening of his thoughts and he loved the concepts but then how do you how does that really work and i think abraham was providing that for them mm -hmm. and for us oh yeah although i have to also give uh, jerry credit i mean one thing that uh, uh cindy and i noticed was cindy and i just finished money in the law of attraction we we dissected it over the course of something like four or five months, something like that. We just finished wow. it last Wednesday. I got to listen back and hear those. Oh, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, but one of the things that came out of it was Jerry had an amazing life. 
He, I don't know if you realize how many things he did in his life before he met Esther. I don't think I have. I got, I have got to read that book or at least listen to it. I mean, I, I, this is off the top of my head. He worked on a bunch of farms. He, he grew up on a farm. He had a tomato raising and selling business. Same thing with hens, raising and selling hens. Oh, wow. He, he worked as an acrobat. He worked for the YMCA. Um, he actually wow. worked in a circus. He worked for a Cuban circus as an acrobat on the, <laughs> on the flying trapeze. Um, I wonder if there's any tapes or videos of there anywhere. Oh, wouldn't that be something? Oh, that would be so cool. Um, let's see. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what else. I mean, there, there's like this long list. He, he led a Cub Scout troop. He sang with the New Orleans Opera. Um, wow. He was a teacher of gymnastics. Trying to remember what else. He was I mean, very. He had a lot of this guy. Oh, just, yes. oh, oh, he chopped and sold firewood. Oh, here I wow. just I just found it. Um, he was a roofer. He was a sheet metal mechanic, an elevator operator, a lifeguard at a beach. <laughs> <laughs> he did all this before That's he met crazy. Esther. Can you imagine? Wow. I mean, no wow. wonder this guy was so good at putting a business together when it finally all came, you know, to him the thing that he had been asking about and all the questions were getting answered. I mean, he knew exactly how to put together. He'd been through just about everything you could go through. Exactly. He had. He had a lot of skills. Oh, yeah. A lot of skills. And a lot Huge of number. And a lot and a lot of interests. And a lot of daring, too. I mean, you have to have some daring to keep trying stuff like that. It's a wonderful trait. It's a really wonderful trait. So interesting. Yeah. I wonder what Esther's background was originally. It was actually rather vanilla, plain vanilla, if I remember correctly. They were opposite well, I believe sense. that because, you know, given the fact that she's talked about how Abraham was able to use her kind of as a vessel because she really wasn't, um, didn't have a lot of strong opinions one way or the other about this whole thing. It was kind of open. She did have the strong religious background, and that that kind of hindered her for a bit, mm -hmm. because um, you know, then at first she had to kind of reconcile the idea that uh, she was basically engaging in sorcery, which of course the Old Testament teaches vehemently against. Mm -hmm. um, but once um, she got past that part, <laughs> it was it was clear sailing for her. I don't think she had a, a whole lot of resistance in place after that. Well, that, apparently that was a lot, not. But, yeah, apparently not. Right. Apparently yeah. not. Interesting. But tying all I this... Was, um... Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, tying it all back to um, what we were talking about uh, regarding the vortex and about um, uh, the, the two-ended stick and so forth, the, the, the thing that comes to my attention whenever I think about those concepts and where these people came from is that, first of all, like we said before, Esther is interpreting from her perspective based on her knowledge base. And her knowledge base wasn't as great as Jerry's just because Jerry had done all these incredible things with his life. Hers was a plain vanilla life by comparison, but she was the one who had to do the translating. And Jerry, because of all that varied background he had, he had endless amounts of questions to ask. So mm -hmm. for him, it was never a question of, of stick and lack end of the stick. It was always uh, thing end of the stick, thing end of the stick, thing, thing. I mean, because he was always involved with the thing end of the stick. I don't think he ever even ran into a lack. I don't think he even knew what that was at first. That was probably like when, when Abraham first said to him, lack of the stick, lack end of the stick, he probably said, huh? <laughs> what are you talking about? That's not part of my experience. <laughs> and it is so interesting, too, how that combination of their two personalities for, is what allowed Abraham to come through because it was mm. Esther's open vesselness and uh, Jerry's intense asking and curiosity yeah. and his, want, his wanting to know. So his he wanting. had that passion and that wanting to know. Yeah. 
Interesting. And it's so fascinating now listening to um, when Abraham gives workshops and things like that, how I've heard her uh, Esther say, or Abraham, whoever say (laughs) things like, um, you know, Oh, that was Jerry. Yes. Right. And it's fascinating. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm so curious about that. Like, what is this? Is this like this group of, I mean, they say it's a group of non-physical beings apparently who are kind of teachers or wanting to help us figure all this out. But then I kind of wonder sometimes, are they each coming in individually when they're talking? I think they are. I, to be honest, I, I'm never really great at, at imagining um, visual scenes, but I do kind of sort of imagine this visual scene in in, in an abstract kind of way. I don't think of it as here's the picture, but rather um, there's an object here and an object there, and, and they're relatively you know this far apart. That, that's about the extent that I can paint my scene. There's no color or anything like that. But I imagine literally that there's a line of non-physical beings on the other side with a microphone of their own, just like we have a microphone. And yeah. that, and, and there's a, a, a sort of a non-physical counterpart to the physical Esther Hicks saying, okay, you first, then you, then you, then you. It's, it's just so, and I just, it's just so interesting to know about, you know, someday maybe we'll be there. Maybe we'll be one of them. Who knows? Maybe we'll be so. part of Abraham. Yeah, that's quite possible. That's quite, I mean, Jerry already is. So why not? It is. It's fascinating. And Jerry was very recently here, so that you know that's very doable. I would say. Um, yeah. The one thing yeah. that I find fascinating is how Esther's sense of humor as she is receiving Abraham changes, and I think that's because we have different entities each time. Well, yeah. Not only sense of humor, but I've noticed how some of the voices that come through are almost like impatient. Oh yes. And almost <laughs> um, kind of. Uh, dressing down of the person. A little condescending at times, yes. And then others are very sort of nurturing and supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I'm curious, yeah, it's interesting to see, I wonder how they are choosing how, which voice is coming through at what time. Now I'm going to ask you a question that one of our listeners asked us one time. Um, at one point we were doing a Tuesday night show, Tom Wells and I were doing it. And one of our listeners, uh, one of my favorite listeners, actually, he listens to us while he rides his tractor in Tennessee. I mean, I, I just, <laughs> I just love that. That's so cool. I have a great visual of that. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah. Anyway, he, he, he called us up and, and he was asking us a wide range of questions. One of the questions he said was, and this is my interpretation of his question. I mean, aren't, aren't we concerned about the fact that Esther is apparently possessed? Abraham possesses Esther. I'm mm-hmm. curious to know, what, what, what's your take on that? Is, is Abraham possessing Esther? I don't think so because I possess to, to me when someone's possessed, they're not in control and somebody else is taking over them. And mm-hmm. it's something that they're not getting to. It's just happening to them. It's yeah. like they're a victim. And with me, Esther is clearly a co-creator mm-hmm. in this and making the choice. I mean, if she didn't want to be doing this, she could just not talk. That's true. I mean, it's not like she needs the money, <laughs> right? She's right. very wealthy woman. Yeah. Last thing she needs is more money out of it. I know. I love hearing about that monster bus. I keep thinking, gosh, I'd love to have a monster bus like that. Yep. Wouldn't that be cool? Travel all over with that? Well, I imagine it was a lot more fun while Jerry was still around in physical form. Yeah. You know, I've wondered about that too. I, I sometimes wonder how she's able to stay um, because, you know, she has to be lined up with her inner being mm-hmm. in order to be able to receive Abraham. Yep. And especially in the beginning, 
I wonder how, you know, right after Jerry died, how she was able to do that. I wonder if she, I didn't know if she took time off or. I wouldn't be surprised she if she did. I mean, that's going to yeah. knock anybody for a loop. I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, somehow though, she always seems to be in that good enough place to be able to do that. You know, I have heard her a couple of times when I've listened to um, some of the video or audios where certain people in the audience would ask specific questions about that. Mm -hmm. And she would, and Abraham would kind of answer with kind of like, you know, not such a good idea to go there for yeah. Esther right now and kind of move away from that. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear Abraham was looking out for her. Mm -hmm, exactly. Have you been, so you went to the one, um, just that one. I, workshop? Haven't, I haven't been to any others and, and I figured I'd never been to one before and I'd been a fan for all these years. I really should go to one. <laughs> and yeah. so Louise and I went to What'd one you, together. What did you think? Um, it wasn't anything that was surprising in any way in terms of the workshop itself. It went pretty much the way I expected it would. Um, I kind of expected that I might be like a little bit advanced compared to most of the questioners. And that was the case. And mm -hmm. I was kind of ready for that. Like I was all right with that. I had my own questions, but when I got there, I, for, for a variety of reasons, I just didn't really want to, to ask them. It wasn't interesting to me to try to ask. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest surprise was I kind of expected, I, I mean, now this is a, a very crowded room. There were probably 550 people in this room and mm -hmm. I, I guess it kind of explains it, but I kind of thought that because these were all Esther Hicks, Abraham followers, you know, there'd be you know some warmth and like, oh, hi, you know, hello, my name is this and so forth. During the break, nobody talked to anybody. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because I've had, I had a similar experience when um, I've gone to um, a couple of the workshops um, and I've also gone on a couple of their trips. I went on um, a Caribbean cruise hmm. a few years ago. But, uh, and not everybody on the cruise was part of Abraham or part of Law of Attraction. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, however, I mean, it was really a lot of fun. It was very interesting. Couple, a couple of things that were so weirdly noteworthy for me is that when I would sit and go to the workshop, I could not stay awake. <laughs> I still do not know. It was so, I'm like, here I am paying all this money to right? be here. And I literally, my head would be nodding. <laughs> It's the crazy, and it happened every single time, every day, oh, no matter wow. what time of day or night. And then I went on a um, Cancun land cruise oh, wow. a couple of years. That was so cool. What I liked so much about that, but you know, was the the fact that everybody at the um, resort was all Abers. They were all Abers. Oh, okay. And there was something really cool about knowing that. But again, I had a similar experience to you, where you're kind of looking around and thinking wow, that per I didn't realize someone like that would be a neighbor. And this person, I would never have thought they were a neighbor. And this other person here, you know, it was sort of surprising how it's all different types of people and personalities can still be followers of this. Now, of course, they're in, you know, different ranges of beginner versus experienced and those that are actually using it in their lives versus those that are kind of listening and not worrying too much about mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, but I, I had, especially on the cruise in, in Caribbean in the Caribbean, I was also feeling kind of like, gosh, you know, I would have thought that it would have been this warm, fuzzy, we're all in this together feeling. And it wasn't that. And, and it wasn't. And yeah. it wasn't. I did, I did feel more of that on the Cancun, Cancun. Oh, uh, that's good. 
trip, I think because I knew that everybody there was part of it. Mm-hmm. But I also, it, it's also interesting to see how going to those workshops, just in the regular uh, ones that she has in different cities, how that also uh, brings all kinds of people. And it's not this whole warm, fuzzy thing like mm-hmm. I thought that it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I asked um, Wendy Dillard about that because she's been to a number of them. She's She is probably the number one um, workshop attender of anyone I've ever met, not just Abraham workshops. She was big into Tony Robbins for many years, and she's done other kinds of self-improvement workshops. I I don't remember the exact number, but I think she told me once that uh, she had spent over $130,000 on self-help. Wow. Whoa, that's serious money. (laughs) Yeah. So clearly it's a value, a high value. Very high value for her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I asked her about just what we're talking about here. You know, what what have you found it was like with the people at the the ones that you've gone to? Because she's been to a lot of the the uh, major events and and the the single day workshops and so forth. And her response was initially she was kind of like casting around trying to say, well, let's see what what was my experience. But when she finally nailed it down, she realized, in her words, and and I'm I'm actually probably mischaracterizing in a certain way here, just because I'm I'm particularly. I'm taking a particular way to express it, but she's something of a chatty Kathy. So mm-hmm. she has no problem just starting a conversation with whoever is around her. And mm-hmm. so she never lacked conversation with you know, like-minded people. And, and, you know, you get one person like that, they'll break the ice for an event like that pretty quickly. So pretty soon you got a conversation going on, but I think that's, that's what it takes. You have to have somebody who's a little, little bit chatty and who's a little bit mm-hmm. willing to just talk to whoever they're standing next to and just get a conversation going. Because otherwise, yeah. I think most people, I think that natural, not natural, but that learned reserve that we all have in, in public social places still holds sway, even in an Abraham workshop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true. And at the Cancun one, for some reason, the one that I just felt more comfortable at, maybe it was because I knew they were all Abers. Mm. I did you know, get to know some people and friendships that I've maintained till today. Actually, with one of the my friends, uh, Joe, who I met there, I'm planning on going on a um on the next uh, alaskan cruise oh nice very good i'm really excited about yeah that. is that, that gonna be fun. your first alaska cruise yep oh, never been great. to alaska i've been wanting to do that for a while because i think it was the alaska cruise that uh, they, they filmed the secret at isn't it i heard that i did i heard that yeah i think that's true not 100 percent sure yeah. that. and i did actually i was reading the article uh, after uh i think we were talking about this last time about uh the woman Rhonda who started that about what's happened what happened to her since it was just fascinating mm, yeah the direction that her life took after that yep yeah but i'm just thinking all the people who attended that alaska cruise were some pretty high-powered people i mean considering oh, yeah. who appeared in the movie i mean jack canfield mike dooley i know can like, you imagine oh my goodness yeah. what a cruise that was i know no kidding holy cow yeah yeah <laughs> And I, I'm still really curious to see, you know, why, I don't know why I fall asleep in those things. I'm like, is it her voice that lulls me to sleep? What is that? I will tell you, honestly, I have similar experiences. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think a lot of it has to do with what happens to my own energy level. Not that, um, not, not my emotional energy level, just my energy level. If I get relaxed enough because I'm feeling very comfortable I will tend to nod off, not because I'm not interested, just because I've made myself so relaxed. I mean, like if I, I don't meditate a whole lot, but on those occasions where I'll try to meditate, if I do it anywhere near a sitting to lying position, there's, it's like two times out of three, I'll fall asleep. 
<laughs> it's one of those things. That's just the way I react to getting that relaxed. So, Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. And I was, you know, part of me was initially interpreting it like, you know how when they say when you're not in a high vibration, one of the things to do is to take a nap. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, is this bringing me down? But it didn't really feel like it was. It was just so such a weird response, I thought. Yeah, well, I've never had the feeling that I was I was down. I've never had the feeling that, um, you know, as I'm nodding no, off, it's like, uh, you know, I, I'm just feeling emotionally depressed. Like it's an like avoidance. No, it wasn't an avoidance. It's not no, like that at all. I know. It's just like, oh, there go the lights. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They actually, she was just in, or they were just in uh, San Diego recently. I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't go to this one this time, but. We'll see. Maybe in Alaska, it'll be different. Well, you're going to have to give us a full report once you go, you know. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> and I should also mention, you you said that how you had uh, met some friends who are still friends of yours as a result of, mm-hmm. of attending some of those events. And Wendy's had the same thing. Her her three best friends are all people that she met through Abraham Hicks. And, you know, they're, and they're all coaches of one kind or another. And, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just a nice little circle they have going there. You know, it's really interesting. I find that, um, you know, how over the years, your friendships kind of shift and, and morph into, into different types of people that you attract or that mm-hmm. you're attracted to. Yeah. And I have found that, that I've got a couple of really good groups of friends who are law, law of attraction followers, mm-hmm. sort of positive thought people. And it's amazing how uplifting it is to be around them. Oh, yes. And it almost becomes more challenging to be around people who aren't. Do you find that? I hadn't really thought of it as a challenge, but yeah, I could see that. It's certainly, it's a different feeling and it's a different approach because you can be more, you can let your guard down more when you know it's somebody who's what you call an Aber. Um, Mm -hmm. This past December, well, November was when um, I expanded the podcast to make it a daily rather than a weekly podcast and brought Tom, Cindy, and Wendy on board. In December, um, because of how well that had gone, because literally the three of them, I put out emails to seven different coaches I found, and those are the three who responded within 24 hours, and, and 48 hours later, everybody was signed up. So mm-hmm. it was it was a real quick process. Same thing happened with you and Linda just you know a few weeks ago. Um, I contacted you just, guys and bang, just let's go. Fell you know, into my just lap. Fell just right fell into place. My lap. Like, boom, here Loved we go. Yep. Well, because of that experience, uh, Louise said to me, you know, if we're really going to be serious about pursuing this law of attraction stuff, we need some LOA friends. And I said, yes. yeah, that's a good idea. And she says, so we need, we need people around here that we can do things with. Mm-hmm. And long story short, that's how we ended up meeting Anne-Marie and Mike. Anne-Marie is now my Sunday co-host. I don't know if I told you that, but uh, Anne-Marie is now co- oh, co-hosting yeah. the Sunday show with me. And uh, oh, cool. we, we met them last December, and they also were contributors to the book. Um, and we've met a bunch of other people, too. We've met, uh, I don't know, God, seven or eight people um, in our local area, some of whom are listeners. That was the best part. Two, at least two of the people that we met were people who, I found, who actually found me because they're listeners of the podcast. And boy, oh, boy, is that fun. Not only did we get a chance to talk with people who are like-minded, but who are fans of the show. And, and I've, That's really cool. I've actually referred to Dave a couple of times in the last few podcasts, but I'll, I'll say it again. Dave was the one who said to me, you realize, well, I know everything about you. <laughs> it's a little one-sided. Here. It is. When you do a podcast, that's the nature of, you know, doing the podcast. It's true. Yeah, it's funny because you're right. I've got um, one of my, uh, this. I have a couple groups of friends that are Law of Attraction friends, and I had a bunch of them over a couple weeks ago. And one of my friends, Valerie, said, oh, yeah, I was listening to the podcast. And it's just so cool to have that sort of those worlds collide. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really is fun. 
and uh, we've we've gotten really great friends out of it. I mean, especially Amory and Mike, um, Louise and I have done things with them a number of times since then, and uh, the friendship is just getting warmer and warmer. So, yeah, it's it's fun. It's great, it, and it, there is something about talking to somebody else who's already into this. I think it's that we all kind of understand. We don't have to go negative. We don't even have to deal with the negative most of the time. Well, we, I mean, it may come up a little bit in occasion, but most of the time it's about fun stuff. That's what the conversation mm -hmm. is. You mm -hmm. know, we get together and with Mike and Amory and just, well, yeah, it does, it does occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. And if it does, it's a similar approach mm -hmm. to getting past that negative. The climbing out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, very, nice. very, very comfortable to do it that way. But I mean, like uh, I was going to say, Anne Marie, Mike, and I, and uh, Louise and I, the three, the, the four of us, excuse me, have closed down restaurants virtually every time we get together. That's how much we're enjoying the conversation. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. yeah. So we have uh, just a few minutes left, and I haven't done any promos, so I need to do a couple promos here before we run out of time. First one, we've been trying to do this for a couple of weeks now, and we are getting some successful results, but we need all of our regular listeners to go to their favorite social media site, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, whatever you like, and post something about LOAToday.net. And make sure you include the whole phrase, LOAToday.net. The reason we want that whole phrase in there is, that, well, I won't go into all of the... Uh, uh, the technical stuff about why that works. But when you do that, it, it basically puts us in front of a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And we're already seeing it. Patty, I mean, you would not believe what's happening with the listenership over the last week and a half, two weeks or so. There's been a, a nice jump upward in listenership, both in terms of number of listeners and how many uh, episodes they're playing. So we're hoping uh, to oh, continue. That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. So we're hoping to kind of increase that trend. And uh, the way to do that is just to help us out. You know, just keep posting. Every time you hear a podcast and you like it, you know, I just listened to LOAToday.net or whatever you want to say. It doesn't matter. Hopefully nice, hopefully kind. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just include uh, that LOAToday.net and you'll help promote things just by doing that. And for you who are not yet subscribers, you're probably new. Maybe it's your first episode even. Take a moment to subscribe. I mean, you like what you've heard so far. Otherwise, you wouldn't still be listening 58 minutes later into this podcast. Um, and this is the way it is every time. Every episode is, is this good. So all the instructions are on the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net. It takes about a minute. It's free. And when you're done, you get all the episodes streaming automatically right to your smartphone every single day. And that's the end of the promos. La-di-da. Da-di-da. <laughs> <laughs> so, and... and and when I get through my list of overwhelming things, I'll eventually have a website. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we got to tie it all together then because the topic is overwhelming, right? And we've mm -hmm. kind of explored it a lot of different ways. So what's the formula? What's the formula for avoiding overwhelming? <sighs> Follow the fun. <laughs> yeah, that's a good rule, isn't it? Stay with what feels fun. And partializing and putting everything aside and just focus on one thing at a time and pick the fun thing to start with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good advice right there. Speaking of advice, I want to make sure that we also include you in this because you, you volunteer your time for this. You're a coach. People may actually find you to be a pretty good coach. I find you to be a good coach just by talking to you. How do somebody reach out to you and find you and have a conversation? Well, right now, the best way to reach me is by emailing me, which is patty at pattyframocoaching.com, P-A-T-T-Y-F-R-A-M-O, coaching.com. All right. Very simple. Patty, it's been great. Can't wait to talk to you again next Monday. Thanks. Good to talk to you too, Walt. And we'll see you all as well next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.